Hey, it's your girl, Allison Williams. Hey, this is Devon Howard. Hi, this is Beth. Hi, this is Cindy Mizell. Hi, this is Tony Walker. Hey, what's good, y'all? This is Darian Dean. Hey, everybody, this is the Queen of Philadelphia, Tangeray Hayward. Hey, everybody, this is Yazira. Hi, this is Mason. Hey, everybody, this is Russell Taylor. Hey, this is Shereen Crutchfield. And this is Ricky Jones. And we are Crutchfield Jones. Hey, this is Corey Day. Hey, this is your girl, Castella. What's up, y'all? This is St. James, and you're listening to my man Troy Saunders on the Bass Entertainment Podcast. Let's get it, baby. Uh-oh. Yeah, y'all. I know y'all know this song. We taking it back today. We gonna do an episode... On those three lovely la- ladies that sing the chorus of this. In case you didn't know, the ladies that sing this is are, should I say, the three degrees, yes. Today, we have one of the members of Three Degrees, the legendary, legendary should I say, Miss Helen Scott. I'm going to turn this up a little bit. Yeah, I just had to give you some of that. Just had to give you some of it, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Now this that definitely takes you back to Soul Train, don't 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 you feel like you in your your um bell bottom pants and your your wide collar shirt and you just watching Soul Train and you just dancing like Jody Wiley and everybody up on there? <laughs> hey, thank you, thank you, thank you. In case you didn't know, this is the Bass Entertainment Podcast. And I'm your host, Troy Saunders. <laughs> Today is a special episode. It's a, a, a reunion. It's taking us back to the classic soul. This is a classic soul episode where we are going to highlight the three degrees. Yes. Three Degrees have been doing it and doing it strong for, oh my God, almost 60 years. Yeah. Wow. What can you say about that? But that's, that's what you call legendary. Just complete, completely legendary. So in, in case you didn't know, not only do we do, be, do the best in indie soul, jazz, R&B, um, house, inspirational music, but hey, 
we go back and we pay tribute to our legends. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You know, I got a lot of hand claps, go, hand claps going on today because this is a special episode, y'all. So um, today we have one of the founding members of Three Degrees, Miss Helen Scott. So without further ado, ado, shall we say, let's introduce the queen, the legendary Miss Helen Scott. <laughs> How are you, my dear? I am well, thank you. How are you? I'm well. That's wonderful. So I just got to say that I'm so honored to have you on today. You just well, I'm so honored to be part of your program and, and format, and I thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. You know, I feel it's a, a, a need to go back and give our, our, our legends their flowers now, you know? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's so kind of you. And and I think everybody that comes under the same category, same time, the whole bit, I think everybody is worthy. That was a wonderful, wonderful time of music. Yes, it was. And uh, and we're going to get into uh, some of the great things that you all have done in, in a 60 year span. And some things people might not Ooh. even might not even know about. Right. You're like, whoo. <laughs> Yeah. Right? It's not just that you think, woo, okay. <laughs> so so let's go back. Now, the three okay. degrees were started in like 1963. So you were there at the beginning, you right? Know, there, hmm? Yes. There, there are different, there's a whole lot of different stories. And it's like, you know, I if I began to explain uh, the situation, it, it, it sounds a bit like, uh, well, I'm trying to blow my own horn or whatever. So can I just say that I started in 1963 okay. and I was Fayette Pinckney and Janet Harmon. And so um, we'll just go from there. Okay. How about that? We're going to go from there. <laughs> okay. So, and, um, I, uh, let me just start by telling you that um, at the time that uh, Richard Barrett, who was the founder um, and trainer and whipcracker of the group, um, he wanted a female trio. And so originally um, he said that there were some guys that he was going to call something degrees. I don't know if it was three, four, five, it doesn't matter. And then he ended up with three. So that's how it became the three degrees. Um, and um, Sheila Ferguson and I were told by uh, a, a teacher at Germantown High School in Philly that his friend was looking for uh, members to start a trio. And so she and I went to the audition the same day and I became a three degree and she became a solo singer on Swan Records, just like the three degrees were on Swan Records. And um, later down the line, as you, everybody knows, when I left to have a family, she took my place and the rest just kind of goes on. Valerie joined in 67. Fayette was still apart. So it was the three of them for a, about 10 years. Mm. So, so you didn't know. Fa- so you didn't know Fayette or, or Janet before you before joining the group. 
No, we lived in the same city. Mm-hmm. Um, Fayette went to a different school. She went to Overbrook High School. I went to Germantown High School. And I, and I think Janet went to West Philadelphia High School, but she was a year ahead of Fayette and myself. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, and, and at that time on Swan Records, Swan Records was owned by Dick Clark. Is that correct? Well, didn't really believe it or not as familiar as I was with American Bandstand I did not realize that Dick Clark was actually a part of it at the time I know that the people that I saw in the offices every day that we were there for rehearsals was Tony Mamarello who produced American Bandstand on um you know the uh normal tv stations and uh a guy by the name of Bernie um Oh, God, I can't think of Bernie's last name. I will in a minute. And um, Bennett. And they they uh, I were the ones I thought started. I didn't realize that um, Dick Clark had anything to do with it until later on down the line. Ah, okay. So he wasn't hanging around talking about what y'all doing up in here. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was too busy doing American Bandstand, <laughs> and which was extremely possible uh popular as you know across the country yes well you know what i'm, I'm gonna go back to one of those earlier hits i'm gonna do uh g baby i'm sorry oh my that is early <laughs> <laughs> that was the first one <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm you know what i i gotta give a little i gotta give people a little history and this came out in 1960 yeah. 1965 right so uh, maybe I, just shy of 65. It, it, it probably, you know, you know I, I tell you what, I know it really sounds like I'm a total complete knucklehead, but you have to know that at that time we were all just happy go lucky teenagers, never thinking that the three degrees would be what it is today. Um, and we just wanted to sing and we, you know, we did just that. So all of the things that I hear people talk about nowadays about the first record and who came when and whatever, I don't think that was ever an issue for us at any point and, and uh, probably not until recent. So, um, you know, it's just that we, we went to rehearsals every single day, including Sundays, um, every day after school, we weren't allowed to go on, um, do any kind of work except for on the weekends. Parents didn't permit it because we were in school. And, um, so it was just a bunch of girls together having fun. Um, we didn't realize what we were stepping into so much. Now, what did your parents have to say about it? Y'all better, somebody here singing, y'all better go get a job. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, in fact, my, my dad was really against me um, singing. I was 15 years old. So it, it, it was like, you know, no, that's not what I want you to do. And his best friend was a drummer and um, in the Philadelphia area. And he is the one who actually talked my dad into it. And so um, and I, I think, you know, Fayette's parents were a little shy at first, but then, you know, they they thought, OK, I don't know that they expected it to blossom. Like it did. And, and I think, you know, it was like, okay, we all had choirs that we were part, part of, church choirs as well, school choirs. So we just like singing. 
So, it, and it just kind of developed from there. Mm-hmm. Did, did any other members in the household sing? You have brothers and sisters that sing, or did your parents sing? Oh no, um, my sister, my my uh, middle sister Jean Scott, she sang with a group called the Kittens, mm-hmm. and actually Sheila Ferguson was a part of that group as well. Oh, so it's just it was just like family, a little tight. Yeah, Sheila lives across the street from me. Hmm. See? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we're going to go to uh, G-Baby. Let's play G-Baby. I'm sorry. Let's play a little bit of that for the people. Okay. <laughs> hey, this is this is going to take you back a little bit. And uh, I believe it's like 1965. And um, this is the Three Degrees first hit. G-Baby, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm supposed to hit. <laughs> Want to give everybody a little sample of that? <laughs> now, now you said you didn't know it was a hit. <laughs> no, I didn't. And uh, well, because we were very much local during that time, mm-hmm. and I, I don't, I don't remember. Um, I don't know. I don't remember us really even caring at the time. We were just when we heard ourselves on the radio, we were happy to hear ourselves on the radio, but. I don't think we thought of ourselves as superstars during that time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it's like you said, y'all were just teenagers, so y'all were just happy, you know, to, to hear yourselves on the radio. And you we know? all got along real well, and we we didn't just come together to sing. We were actual friends, and we hung out together and, and you know, um, did a lot of things together during that time. Let's talk about another song that you did around that time, a remake of the Chantels, Maybe. Matter of fact, you did that song twice. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. I sang it, um, I don't know what year, I guess it had to be around 65. Mm -hmm. And and Richard put a different kind of rhythm to it, um, which I didn't know why he did that, but okay. And then uh, Valerie did the lead vocal on the one that actually was a hit single for the group and did a good job at it. Yeah. Well, I like both versions, you know, and, and, and since we, <laughs> since we um, conversing with you, we're going to give them a little bit of your version of maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you insist. <laughs> of course. 
So, so once again, this was like 65, 66. And there was another single that was released. It was a, a remake of the Chantel's Maybe. And uh, the three, three Degrees put their spin on it. And uh, here we go. You know what you said? You didn't, you said you don't know why he put that beat on it. it. Yes, I was like, okay, why did you go from the Chantels did a great job on that, and he managed the Chantels, and he actually wrote the song. Mm-hmm. So um, when he suggested that we do it, I was a Chantel fan, so I was like, oh, okay, that's great. But when I heard the rhythm, boom, 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 I was like, what did he do to, <laughs> to mm-hmm. that song? But we did it anyway. We did as we were told. And then it was actually re-recorded and um, they did a whole different uh, uh, take on it. It had a rap version. You know, Val did her own rap on that version. Mm-hmm. And and uh, that was my favorite one, really. Yeah, she did a thing. She did a thing on that one. <laughs> yeah, was, she did. And it was gutsy. No question. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it was gutsy. I, I mean, when I hear that that version, the one that you just sang on in 1966 of Maybe, it kind of gives me a, a, a Tina Turner. Um, uh, what's, what's that song Tina Turner did? Um, but Oh, River Deep. That's the song <laughs> I'm thinking about, River Deep. Oh, right. And, and, I, and I think that's what he was going for with, with that sound. Probably. Well, it's nice to be compared. Oh, wow. Um but I, I mean, you know, at, at, again, um, we we kind of just did as we were told to do, and he, you know, critiqued us really hard, and and um, he made me sing that song over and over again, and finally he just said, okay, I guess that's as good as it's going to get. <laughs> <laughs> he was such a creative person, um, and that you know, just to give him a, a little bit of the spotlight. Um, he, or maybe I should say a lot of it because he's he's the one who is responsible. He managed Frankie Lyman. He discovered Frankie Lyman into teenagers. 
He managed the Chantels. Um, he sang with the group called the Valentines himself. And there were other groups on the on the Swan record label that he he uh, helped to groom and and manage. And so the and a lot of the writings um, on those groups that I named uh, became hits for him. Uh, Why do fools fall in love? That that's one of the songs that he wrote. So you so you all had an excellent mentor. Yes, and even very be- much so. And even before uh, Gamble and Huff started, you know, Philly International wasn't uh, Kenny Gamble over there on Swan. No, Leon. I mean Leon. Leon that's Huff what I meant. Was. Yeah, Leon. Excuse me, not Kenny. I mean Kenny used to come over, and he was, you know, trying to uh, uh, get his music heard at that time. So I used to see him at Swan, but Leon was there almost every day. And he worked with us sometimes with rehearsals, like he would play the piano. And we did, a, we did, I think, two recordings of songs that he wrote while on Swan. I Want to Be Your Baby was one of them. And I don't, I don't remember what the other one was, but that was a Leon Huff song. You know what? Let's play a little bit of I Want to Be Your Baby. Yes, uh, a three degrees kind of initiated the uh, Philly International. Well, okay, if you can say it, I won't. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that is a fact, but um, I do know that there were really, literally, when you think about it, and the time that Philly International came about, there were no female local groups around. Mm-hmm. And, well, they were. But the three degrees were one of the first on Philly International. And that's why I had to kick it off with, you know, the sound of Philadelphia, TSOP, because. Um... Oh, <laughs> I don't know if you know the, the history on that particular song that um, the, the uh, Don Cornelius um, asked Kenny and Leon to come up with a song for Soul Train. And um, he said. He didn't want anything for it. He just wanted the song, a theme song. And the Three Degrees were in the studio doing recordings at the time. And so they came up with this particular song. And the ladies put the... Mm. 
on there. And that just, I mean, when, when you hear it, you can't help but dance. You can't help but think of the Soul Train because that was the theme song. And I have to say that I, I, I saw a thing on Don Cornelius and he said it was the biggest mistake he ever made, letting Kenny have everything. <laughs> Kenny and Leon have everything to do with the song. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you you did it now, so um, <laughs> <laughs> it's ours. That's right. And, and then you know, the one of the other songs, um, "Love Is the Message." Mm. Oh my yes, god, that's another FB three degree song. Uh, song. I mean, legendary. I mean, that that started every rapper in in the, in the United States between that and she good time. Oh wow! <laughs> you know, she's good time, but "Love Is the Message" when rap started. Everybody was rapping in one of those two songs. Right. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about, I'm like, I don't know. You're probably too young. But if you're young and you're listening, you're about to get schooled. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's what I meant. And I said earlier in the conversation that the music, then you play it now and it still has the sing along thing to it you can sing along to it you can dance to it you it, it and and the memories are just amazing yes it is yes all these songs i grew up on i remember them like you know like the back of my hand right you know because they they're so legendary they so engraved in the in in embedded in the cloth of our the fabric of our lives so absolutely hey this is Corey day and you're listening to troy saunders on the bass podcast and you know you know what i i admired more and this isn't to slander or bring anyone else down i don't i don't like doing that you know what i liked about kenny and leon they barry gordy was the leader of the pack so to speak for a black man to have a record company and hit after hit after amazing hits and Kenny and Leon came up subsequently not far after them and developed their own sound which nobody was trying to emulate anybody else and so you had two different types of music same kind of R&B or soul or whatever you want to call it, because it depends on where you are in the world, what that type of music is. Um, it's not always related as R&B. It could be soul or whatever, mm-hmm. classics. And so it was no competition, but you just had great music coming out. And I think Kenny and Leon did a great job on mastering all of that. Oh, please. Yes. The, the orchestration, all that. Oh, it was just insane. Yeah. <laughs> from what I hear, some of the members from MS, MF, MFSP, I can't get my tongue together. MFSP. MFSP. Mother, father, sister, sister brother. brother. Yeah. They, they um, started at Swan also. We used to sing with them live in the studio when we were recording back in, in the early 60s. We, we used to sing if, if anybody made a mistake, whether it was the orchestra itself or one of the degrees or whoever was singing Sheila or whatever, you had to start all over again. You didn't have that 
taping of the music and then you come in and sing to the music and add bits and pieces later. No, it was done all in one room. So we were re- we were recording. Everybody was recording at the same time. Mm. So, you know, you had to be on point because <laughs> you had to be. Or somebody's going to be upset we with you. Always, but we had <laughs> We were supposed to be. We were almost finished and you messed up. (laughs) You should see the dirty looks we got sometimes. (laughs) I can imagine. (laughs) Yes, because time was money. So, you know, and of course we didn't, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old, you didn't really think about money. You just, you know, you went in there and you, you did what you did or what you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give everybody a little sample so they know what we're talking about when we say love is the message so uh, okay well, check this out once again this is one of those classic songs like I said when rap music began everybody was rapping to she good time good good times and uh, love is the message so mm-hmm. I, I know y'all know this this tune right here And you know that was one long song. <laughs> you you can go and take a uh, go to the bathroom, come back. The song still be playing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. However, yeah, I well, I have to admit the orchestration of that song, as well as T.S.O.P. was just amazing. Yes, it's almost a little classical mixed with a little R and B. I yeah. mean, yeah. You you can call it whatever you want because yep. <laughs> it has a little bit of everything. A little bit of jazz in there. It's just a mixture of everything. And they had a lot of writers on staff at, at PIR that were actual geniuses as well in terms of the writing of the music and the, and, and the production of a lot of things that came out. Not only with the Three Degrees, but I, I don't know if the audience is aware that people like Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes and Gene Carn and uh, 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 oh dear, uh, the Delphonics and the mm. Stylistics and all of those, a lot of those writers wrote for those those kinds of groups. And I'm, and I'm not, I mean, I'm not naming everybody that Billy Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it it was a big family. Yes, it was. 
Yes, it was. And then you think, but then they had the other girl groups that came after you, like uh, 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 the Jones, the Jones girls. girls. Yeah. And then the writers actually had songs that were released on the Philly International later label, like Bunny Sigler and, and um, oh God, see, now I want to go name names and I've, I've got all this in my head. So I'll think of some, some in a minute. It'll pop in your head as we can, as we converse. As we go down the line. That's right. You know, in case you all didn't know, we are talking with Miss Helen Scott, one of the founding members of the Three Degrees. Yes. But then you then you left to take care of your family. Yes. So how was it coming back in like, what was that? In 76, you came back, right? Well, I was asked a couple times um, because um, uh, after Janet left the group as well, not, not long after I did. And... Um, they asked a couple times after if I would come back and, and I had a baby girl. And so I didn't want to leave her and it wasn't kind of popular to take your babies on the road like it is now. Um, so I declined. And then in 76, by 76, I had two children, a boy and a girl, Kia and Kyle. And they were of age where I felt when they asked if I would come back that I could do this and not have to worry about them being too small, not to be able to tell me what's going on when I'm not around or whatever. So it, it was perfect timing. And, and when you came back, that's when you did what standing, uh, standing, standing up, up for, album. so how was that? How was that? That first album sinking your teeth back into, into studio? I think for the most part, if you've ever been trained by the people and and the and the lessons that you've learned from the people who were involved in your musical career it's not too difficult to step back in yes there are things you have to get used to because it was a a, a pretty big size gap when i came back so there were things that were different that went on but for the most part the dancing and all of that stuff that's stuff that we were taught early on and so um it, you just i just had to pick up from where they were at that time and um so and i was the only one with kids i was a mom with two kids and so i would go to rehearsals eight hours a day and you know take kids to school pick them up come home make dinner they actually knew the dance routines and the songs that i practiced because i played them over and over and did stuff over and over so that i could catch up to where you know they were at that time well, all that running around, you don't have to worry about um, staying fit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, uh, it, I actually enjoyed it. And, and I think probably a little more so, I mean, again, as teenagers, it was just fun things to do. And as an adult, um, you know, now it was like, wow, um, you know, this, this is going to actually, you're going to actually make a living from doing this before we didn't care, but so much, but now, you know, and, and there was a track record there, you know, from 63 to 76. So yeah, it it was different, but it, it was fun, but it, it was just amazing. Let's play a little bit of that, uh, that title song from that album. Standing up below. 
Yeah, you know, I'm trying to give, you know, give people the variety of things that you have done over the past 60 years. Because, you know, they only might know, when will I see you again? Absolutely. You know, but there's right. so many other things that yeah. went into, you know. That and I'm not this. mad at them. That's like a national anthem. You know what I mean? But um, it, it, there were other songs. And if you listen to the history of the group, it is so diverse. It's it's like you couldn't just put us in one particular category. And, and that's why I want to play more of these different types of songs. So people are going to hear that. Well, thank you. Hey, no problem. That's what I do over here. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Stand It Up For Love, y'all. I love also you all what? can do lead you know everybody that was huh? the initial uh uh setup um nobody was always the central point um that came a little later with Sheila because of the kind of music and and what her voice added to the type of music that we were given to sing so a lot of the lead vocals came from her in the in the seventies on the Philly sounds mm-hmm. uh, things, but Val also had had lead vocals on the on the Philly sound. Um, we went on to record with Ariola Records, which was also split up. So the, it it was all, it was never all about one person. I think what you have is you have the public who will take out favorites in any group. Any group. I mean, you can go way back. And there was always somebody who was somebody's favorite. Mm-hmm. So that's how those things started. And sometimes it, it comes back to haunt because that person becomes, quote, the focal point when 
for in, in our particular case, the three degrees is you can't have two people up there or one person. It has to be three because that's what it that's how it started and that's how it'll end. It, it won't make sense. You got three called three degrees and one person standing up there. Right. So, you know, it's it's. He and he really kept our feet on the ground. I mean, nobody was 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 uh, out of reach in terms of criticism, and yet nobody was out. Everybody was in the same area for praise, which was very not very often with him because he never could do anything well enough or right. <laughs> he was keeping you on your toes, keeping all, you all on your toes. And listen. I, I appreciate it. I really, really do. In retrospect, I mean, when you're young, you think, oh, he's just picking on us constantly. We can't do anything right. And people would come up and say, you girls are wonderful. You're great. And still do. And you think to yourself, no, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not because I guess he never, you know, that was a way of keeping us on our toes. And I appreciate it. And I'm grateful. But that's just like any parent and and their, and their children, right? <laughs> when, yeah. Especially when they go into the teenage years, you know, you're like, oh, they never, I never do anything good enough. They always correcting us. But you know, your parents are just getting you prepared for you know the bigger things. So right. they stay right. on you. You know, parents stay on you. Yeah. Hi, this is Melvin Lee Davis, and you're listening to Troy Saunders on Bass Entertainment Podcast. Come on, get you some. So now we we are going to talk about those areola uh, record years. How was that working with um, Georgia Moroda? Well, you know what? It's funny because Donna Summers, I didn't know her personally, but I know Val went to school with her in Boston. And so Donna had just hit after hit after hit with Giorgio. So I, I, don't, I don't know if I ever thought that we would be as fortunate, but we were. Unfortunately, it was more of an overseas kind of hit process for us with those particular albums with Giorgio um, because of the kind of music. And I guess we didn't bring it back into the States soon enough. So sometimes if you don't act quickly, you lose that spot or spotlight. So, but it was it was great. It was it was different, um, you know, working with him and Harold Faltermeyer, who was, you know, co-producer on some things and writers. So it but it was it was great. Yeah, because you, you all had four um, top 20 hits yes. in the UK. Absolutely. No. And uh, it was it, it, it was fantastic. It really was. And- it was different. But okay, that was the disco era. Mm-hmm. So did you find out? Did you feel a certain way that it wasn't coming back to the United States like you think it should have? Are you just- I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can't speak for anybody else, but I did, and I kept saying, you know, why is it that we don't go back home? And we just became such. Uh, I don't know, uh, wonders over in England and Holland and Belgium and Japan and, and other parts of Europe and, and also other parts of, of the middle and parts of the Middle East. And it, it, and I guess maybe that kind of music was the, what encompassed those 
different areas. And I don't know um, why we didn't come back to the States. And, and when we finally did, I think we kind of missed the boat, so to speak. And we never got the recognition that I felt the group itself should have had coming out of Philadelphia, coming from Swan Records, uh, American Bandstand, like if you said, like you said, um, Philly International, and 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 all the other the the uh, Roulette Records, New York. You know, it was it was. It's not that we didn't pay our dues there. We did, but mm-hmm. we went overseas and it became just a whirlwind. And so we never got back. And sometimes you miss your spot, you lose it. Now, since you were so hot in the UK, did you stay over there a lot of times? It seems like you'd be, Absolutely. it seems like it's so far away from your, your family. Yep. I used to have to fly my kids over <laughs> on holidays. I wouldn't take them out of school for any reason. But whenever there was a holiday, my kids would come to visit or I would fly home. Like I never missed a Christmas. I, I work any other day of the year. But for them, I never met. And so we would work sometimes up to Christmas Eve. And again, at the time, I was the only one who had children. So I would fly home for Christmas and they were I would when they woke up I was there Christmas morning and sometimes I would have to fly back after dinner on Christmas day but I was there for Christmas day so they, they, that song was always playing for you I'll be home for Christmas oh right and I did sing that didn't I yeah, that, <laughs> that was your theme song right there <laughs> yeah. think about it that way Troy thank you yes yeah. it, and that's factual I did well you know one song that I've heard that I did hear in, in the United States is My Simple Heart. I remember that really? being played. Yeah. Wow. yeah I, I don't remember that in the States. That was a, a popular song and still is. A lot of people like that particular song. I think it's just one of those easygoing ones that you can sing along with. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has a nice rhythm. And I think I think it was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I, I like it. And that's what I'm trying to say. I, I don't remember where I heard it, but I know I remember p- being played as a kid. I remember somebody playing. Okay. I don't know if it was on a radio station or, you know, but I remember the song. Right. So, right. Um, yes. Somebody was giving it love here in the United States. <laughs> well, I found out later that there there was a quite a bit of love in the United States. We came in to promote um that particular album and uh, uh, with giving up, giving in and, and um, you know, my simple heart and uh, woman in love and along with the other Philly songs that we were known for. And we got, we did like maybe I think five or six cities across the country. And it was absolutely amazing. I was like, Oh my God, people really do know who we are. <laughs> yeah. See, well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give some love to my simple heart right now. I'm going to play a little bit okay. of that also. Cause um, I'm sure other people realize and other people know about it also. And, and, and those who don't, Hey, let's enlighten them. Maybe they will go out and uh, reach back and get <laughs> woman in love, the runner, you know, my simple heart, giving up, yeah. giving in, you know, here we go. This is uh, my simple heart. And this came out with 1979. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. 
Now, you know, we are, we are talking about how um, your success was in the UK. I mean, you you ladies were so um, high up there that, you know, y'all performed for Prince Charles, now King Charles, 30th birthday party. Yes, yes. You- at his 30th birthday celebration, we were invited to come to the palace and um, Buckingham Palace and um, perform um, for the people who were invited to his celebration. And they actually built a stage in between two rooms for us. And um, we tell the story often that, uh, you know, everything, because you were in the queen's home, everything had to be what it was and it couldn't be too loud it couldn't be too soft and and so she was given a box an electric box that had a red green and yellow light if it was too loud she would press the red if it was too soft she would press the yellow if it was perfect she would press the green we got a green light from go and we we actually performed and then was invited to attend the festivities after our performance so how did you feel did you feel nervous going up into the the, the, the palace so he's like uh did you absolutely did, did, did they now have- you can you can walk through certain rooms. You can't go all through it, but you can walk through certain rooms and you can view the palace. You couldn't do that back in, in, in the late 70s and prior to, to uh, the, the dates of today. You couldn't do that. You had to be invited. And so we were invited and we were kind of like pinching ourselves like, are we really in here the average person did not get invited to the Royal Palace. And on top of which, we were invited to attend the wedding reception of Prince Charles and Princess Diana. Wow. So, um, well, King Charles and, and Princess Diana. So um, we have invitations for both that have our specific names on them. So I'm awfully proud of that. And it was it was just magnificent. Um, and 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 I was I think all three of us were so grateful that we got that opportunity because a lot of people can't say that. I hear that they nick, nicknamed you all Charlie's Angels. The press did that. <laughs> <laughs> I, there was so much about the three degrees and Prince Charles, as well as uh, other members of the royal family, because they have um trusts and and that they have um things that they support so they if whenever there was a big gala of any uh, kind they would ask different artists to perform and we were part of that you know we've performed for probably every member of the royal family mm, well that's a blessing right there absolutely you know not too many people can say that um, for the wedding reception, we were one of very few Americans that were invited. Um, I got a chance to meet Grace Kelly, Princess Grace, um, who is a Philadelphian. And, um, you know, th- there were there were quite a few dignitaries there um, that I was like, wow, I see these people on the news or I see them on television, you know, and, and it, it was quite an honor. I can imagine. Then, then, uh, do do you have to sit down and they have to uh, um, give you a, a play-by-play of what to do and what not to do when you're coming in? And well, how- it depends. 
where you are. It depends on where you are, what you're doing. And, and, you know, um, for the, for the wedding reception, I, it was kind of really informal. So people, you had certain rooms that you could go in, um, and you kind of filtered through these rooms, which you saw different people and dignitary then it was, it was quite, it was very nicely done, but very informal. And, but there are other times, like when we've done, uh, uh, we did the Princess Trust at the Royal Albert Hall once, and they have protocol where um, His Royal Highness and, and Princess Diana at the time would would come through with other uh, people, dignitaries, and they would meet you before you perform so that they didn't have to leave the excitement and, and, and the big gala that was going on after you perform. So we got a chance to, to meet them um, or shake their hands and whomever else was along with them during that time. So that, and, and that was with everybody, Princess Anne or Prince Philip or, you know, whoever asked that the three degrees be a part of their particular uh, 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 gala or, 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 uh, Thing that they would get, you know, support. They supported different different um, organizations. Hi, this is Beth, and you're listening to the Bass Entertainment Podcast. One thing I was going to say, also, which makes me think of, of today's independent artists, is that even to this day, the 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 European um, music lovers they still love our classic R and B. Everybody, everybody okay. that, that was hitting it back in the day, they can still go over there and perform. They still hold all our artists to a high regard. Even, Absolutely. Even, Absolutely. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, you, you, you have to just, and, and this isn't an insult, and I have to clarify because I don't want anybody to take anything the wrong way. We had several television stations I remember going over to England for the first time and there were only three television stations. And I thought to myself, well, why? I mean, they have many now, but at that time there, there wasn't a lot of things that we had that was, you know, um, 7-Eleven. They had no 7-Elevens when I first, I'm like, what do you mean you don't have 7-Eleven? <laughs> because they were all over the place in the U.S., you know? Now they do. Um, and after years of going, yes, there are a lot of things that are now uh, totally different than when we used to come over. But so a lot of their their thing was to go out and go out and, and support the music that you like. Um, because I mean, you know, there wasn't a lot going on at home, mm -hmm. you know, families, obviously. Yes. And we've had people come up to, and tell us, you know, I grew up on your music and we really do squint and roll our eyes when they say that, but it, it's factual because their parents listened to our music. So they grew up on it and they, I mean, just like my children grew up on the temptations and, and you know, four tops and the Supremes, you know, so um, they, they did. And I think it's because they, they support the people and the music that they like. And, and that's, that, I think that's just it. I think it was just a combination of things and they just 
housing Gulf Street. And, you know, and I love that about them. even with the, today's music. Um, I do a lot of independent soul promotions and independent soul podcasts, and mm-hmm. I find that a lot of the, the independent artists only get the love overseas. They're not getting the love like I feel they deserve here in in the United States. And that's another reason why I started this podcast is to shine a light on the independent artist that is making the music that's that's still great, that still is not with all the curse words in it, that's um, still with some orchestration in it. It still has some type of validity, in my opinion. That's right. (laughs) And thank you for that. Thank you. Um, because a lot of times, you know, people get lost. You have you also have to consider how big America is and what we have had to our advantage. I mean, the, to me, you know, I, I'm not going to get political. There's a lot of things that need to be corrected nowadays because you also have another generation of people who don't understand. I mean, I have grandchildren and, and I have to hear, well, you know, I have had my grandson since almost since birth and I, I raised him. He just graduated from high school and I hear daily, mom, mom, you don't understand our generation. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you don't understand ours either. And we're not too far apart. No. You just have more technology to your advantage than we did during that time. So I think that it's a combination of things with America. I think that we sometimes are spoiled. We could turn on our radio or our TV or we could go down the street to the, you know, in Philly to the Uptown Theater and see all the greats there. A lot of times that wasn't available in other places in the world. So you, you have to appreciate the time there. But and in the meantime, you have somebody new coming out all the time. So it's like you come out and you have a hit record. Well, there's only one number one spot. On, on the charts, I had a, I have a really good friend who uh, does smooth jazz. She's a promotion woman for smooth jazz. Her name is Linda Penn, and she's excellent at what she does. Everybody wants to be in that number one spot, but there's only one number one. Mm-hmm. It can't be two people in the number one spot. It can't. So you have so much coming out of this country. Brilliant things, I might add. And yet, Everybody can't be at the top of the food chain. You can't. It's just impossible. So I think that sometimes there are a lot of people who are excellent musicians, excellent singers, excellent people in the industry, actors, whatever, writers, producers, um, that get lost in the shuffle just because of the gross amount of people who have decided that this is what they want to do as a profession. That's so, so I, you know, and, and you just, when you hear some music and you like it, support it. It may not be top 10 or top 50, but support it. Um, I think about like Lettucey or something like that, how she started. Oh my God. Brilliant and, singer. Brilliant. Oh, that's my girl. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> the things that she does to me, uh, if, if people were passing the torch, I would say, she is grabbing the torch from Shaka Khan and 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 taking it because she is one of those artists also that would do that can sing any genre can do anything anything absolutely you know? 
And yet, and yet, the recognition that she got at first was minimal. Mm-hmm. And still, she's a quiet climber. She really is. She doesn't make a lot of noise about what she does. And I admire that about her. But she's constant. She's consistent. And you better believe everything she puts out is spectacular. Yes, it is. But let, let's get back to the three degrees. Now, wait a second. Okay. I, I heard that um, you start. You all started a record label. We <laughs> We did. We were in between um, trying to sort out record labels. We had done uh, the thing with Ariola and Giorgio Moroder, and uh, we parted with Richard Barrett at, the, at that particular time. And so we felt like we were just wandering. We did some stuff with Pete Waterman. Um, and so we decided that we would try to start our own label. We only had one album out on that and, and on that label. And um, then we just kind of put our feet to the ground and just put everything into our shows and work. And hopefully maybe somebody will pick us up at one, some point in time. And that never happened. Um, I don't know if that had to do with, uh, uh, you know, a different kind of music was coming out during that time. We weren't in that age bracket. So, you know, yeah, people want to make money. They want to, they want to do things to, you know, empower themselves. So I'm not mad at anybody, but we managed to maintain that and still work to this day. We've done a lot of things. And I think, you know, if anybody is interested and wants to know more about us, you just, I mean, you'll hear several different stories about the group and who was there and this, that, and the other. And really, it's just the accomplishments of the group that I, as a whole, um, no matter who, the three, um, just that we've maintained that name since 1963. And I think that is so important because there's not too many people that can say that they've been going on for 60 years. Hand claps to that. Shoot. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, look us up. You might find something that you like or might like something that you read or, you know, and, and, um, it, it's been a roller coaster ride. It's been a joyful one coming down the roller coaster with the hands up. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just pleased and proud as punch to have been a part of it. it. What, what movie was that? It was a movie that came on and it, and it was a, uh, a grandmother talking to her granddaughter. She said, some people like the merry-go-round. It just goes, uh, it just goes around and around and around. <laughs> but some people like the roller coaster. It has Absolutely. ups and downs and twists and turns. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, she said, and that keeps you on your toes. Yeah. If, if you're a sincere artist, that keeps you on your toes. It just makes you keep striving to be always better because you do. You can't keep going around doing the same thing all the time. You can be as, you, you know, as, as consistent as you are as an artist and don't ever throw away anything that's old because mm-hmm. guess what? That's priceless. I know that's so right. you still hear a lot of the older music in the shows and stuff, but, you know, respect that. You may not know it because you're younger, but 
respect that because it'll 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 grow on you eventually. It will. And this is not just the three degrees, this is anybody. Right. And and so I was gonna ask you that question. What would you tell these uh these young artists out here now that's still trying to make it that want to become a, a a a top artist and what what would you think is the most important thing for them in their journey? I think that first of all, you have to be dedicated to your art and your craft. That's first. Secondly, everything that is always new isn't always the gold that shines. And sometimes you have to find your niche in whatever level that, you know, and it may not be what you start out to do. Don't give up. Maintain yourself, keep yourself new always, and just be dedicated to your to your art and your craft. That sounds like good advice to me. Hey, in case you didn't know, <laughs> y'all, we are talking to we are talking with Miss um, Helen Scott. Yes, that's me. <laughs> In 1985, Three Degrees hooked up with UK producers Stock, Atman, and Waterman, and they came out with a song that was a hit overseas called um, Heaven I Need. You know, that's one of my favorite songs. You know, I should play a little bit of Heaven I Need. What do you think? Well, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> right. So, yeah, well, I was, gonna, I was between that and This Is The House. This Is The House. But I think Heaven I Need is, is, is one of the ones that I really well, them both no okay but i think i like the heaven i need i need more what well, anything for the lady of honor thank you so very much sir so this we go check out um heaven i need i hope you all enjoyed it i know i've been enjoying this conversation and the music <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
that you know, that's a good feel good song right there. That, that that's almost like it has a little chic feel to it. Absolutely. <laughs> it's kind of those middle one of those middle of the road grooves where you're, you know, you can just kind of bop around to or, or you know, I it, it's smooth. Mm-hmm. And and one thing I love also is how three voices can sound like one. <laughs> we had to, right? We had to, yeah. And 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 harmonies were definitely a part of the history of the group. Um, you know, people always tell us, you know, you guys are known for your harmonies, and we are. And it it, it it's important. It it's it just kind of brightens the song. It's so true. It's so true. Those harmonies are tight. I tight. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so I just want to say thank you, thank you, and thank you some more for gracing this podcast. <laughs> thank you, thank you some more. It has been my pleasure. Thank you, Troy. I hope you enjoyed. Um, being here as much as I enjoyed having you on the podcast. I certainly have. Anytime. Oh, please do. Come on back. Come on back. Love to. All you Thank do, you. All you do, let me know. You got anything you want to talk about? You know? Um, no, just no. I think we've covered a lot of road <clears throat> or a lot of tracks on the roller coaster. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. I I, um, I just appreciate your dedication to um, not only the genre of music, but the 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 acts that were responsible for them, and you know, and keeping us alive and out there in the forefront. Thank you so very much. Hey, it is totally my pleasure. My pleasure. Matter of fact, we were talking about the Jones girl, and Shirley Shirley Jones was on the podcast. That was a wonderful conversation. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we had a great conversation also. I I love, you know, and, and, you know, as a child, I always think about, you know, I always thought about how would it be to meet this person and how would it be to talk to this person? And here I am, you know, talking to and conversing with the people that I grew up listening to, the people that I, I love and, you know, immensely. I love their music. And it's so refreshing and it's so it's such a full circle moment and i i just tell you a little bit that that one of the highlights i mean there have been many but you know every one of us has personal kind of highlights in in your lifetime and one of the highlights of my life was to be a temptation i always wanted to be a temptation i know they were only guys in the group but we worked, we did a tour with them. And after, uh, when, and they obviously closed the show and we came on and did a little dance routine with them to take our bows and off to, off the stage. So when that first happened, I called everybody back in Philly and I said, I got to be a temptation. <laughs> <laughs> See, no matter what, no matter who you are, you always have that. Yeah. That's something that you inspire, something that you wish, something that you uh, um, always fantasize about. You know? Right, right. <laughs> I got to get to Yes, I did. <laughs> I I get it. So, you know, I, I get it so, so much because like I said, I, I, 
I'm so honored that I, I'm able to sit down and talk to, you know, the people that have inspired me. And with modern technology, you know, before it was like six degrees of separation. It's like one degree of separation yeah. now. You just hit him up online. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, you know, people always ask you questions like, well, do you know so-and-so or have you ever met so-and-so? And and because we're all in the same sort of business, because we're all doing the same sort of things, we're not all best friends. But we have come in contact with so many people over the years in our lives that we love and we respect. So I hear you, Troy. I think it's a privilege and an honor because we're not the only ones out here. And there's so many other people that I loved uh, before I ever set foot on the stage. And there are other people that I, I still love even after my feet have knit, hit many boards, you know? So it's, it is an honor. It is an honor. And we're all out there doing the same thing, which is spreading love and joy and music. Amen. And you know, that's one, that's one question I didn't ask. What was some of the music that you listened to that was some of your inspirations? Oh, my. Shaka Khan was one of my favorite people. Um, again, I used to love The Temptations and um, I'm, I'm trying to Patty LaBelle. Um, oh, my. Um, it, it just just Billy Paul. I loved I love Billy Paul. He was a good friend. Um, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. Big, you know, they, there were just bunches and bunches of people that um uh, all the songs that you heard on American Bandstand, because we didn't, as black artists, you didn't have that many coming on. Chubby Checker was one of the very few that got on there during that time because of that song, The Twist. They couldn't deny it and still can't, you know, and he's responsible for that song. So, I mean, it, 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 it's 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 so many. And, and we all came up in a in a wonderful time. I know there were ups and downs. And like we said, roller coaster rides. But it was just an amazing time. Yes. And, and thank God that the folks that are still here are still doing it and still spreading the love. I, I mean, I'm looking at Chaka, too. She's still doing it. And I'm so happy that she's Absolutely. going to, you know, get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Absolutely. There, there are so many people who are deserving, really. There are a lot of people who are deserving, not, not just the newer people that are coming out, and I'm not taking anything away from them, but they have a ways to go. They have to go where we can't, you know, how we came up or how, not the same ways. So don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. It's, it, that's like comparing apples and oranges. Right. Today is today. Yesterday was yesterday, but you can't walk away from the history because at some point in time, some of that encouraged you to be who you are today. That's so true. And and that's what I think a, a lot of a uh, uh, younger audience and a, a lot of younger artists, some of them dismiss the past instead of, going back and, and, and learning from it and, and embrace it, embrace it. Um, they, they still play the music of the sixties and seventies still. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it it was just pure good music during that time. People sample, I mean, I'm not going to mention any names, but I heard that somebody sampled our voices and gave us credit for it, but never paid us. So, you know, and it was like, okay, all right, but you thought enough. You thought, I guess, our voices were what you wanted on your song. So, 
don't just don't forget don't forget us don't right. don't don't leave us out and leave us out in the pasture we've earned and paid our dues and i think that we should you know when nobody's trying to take anything away from anybody it's a huge industry just remember that there there is a past as well as a present and sometimes you have to embrace that and just you know just don't don't put us all out the pasture because we open those doors, we carried some of that stuff forward so that you can be who you are today. That is so true. That is so true. Tell them, tell them, Miss Scott. <laughs> now, I'm not lecturing. <laughs> it's fact. It is fact. We learned from all the greats that came up before us. Mm -hmm. I remember as a kid, you know, always reaching back to the older stuff. I mean, you know, back in the day, you get those commercials. Oh, get Fats Waller's greatest hits in Ella Fitzgerald. And <laughs> I was into it. I was going Dizzy back. Gillespie yes, and, yes. And Count Basie. Yeah. I grew up on all of that stuff because my mom and dad liked that kind of music. Ella Fitzgerald and Gloria Lynn and, and uh, Sarah Vaughn. Mm. Um, you know, so... I, I, that was the kind of, and yet we had our own rock and roll stuff. Yes. And so our parents permitted that. So we had, we, we embraced a wide range of music mm -hmm. and learning. Yeah, and, and that's what I feel like the, the, the kids nowadays aren't doing. They, they just write it off as being old, but I went back. Yeah. I wanted to know about what was going like when Shaka sang, Night in Tunisia. I was like, who's she singing about it? All right, Dizzy Gillespie, huh? Charlie Bird, uh, Charlie Parker. You know? <laughs> One of the geniuses of our time was Stevie Wonder. Listen oh. at his music today. And when you see him on award shows, people are going berserk because his music still shines. And on top of this, Troy, why are they sampling? different parts of different people's music. If, if it's not, it doesn't mean anything. Exactly. Why? Right. You, you're going to take a little bit of it, but you want to give it the love it deserves. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me a little bit of that. You know, yeah, that's old, but you know, I'm going to well, make it sound like something else. Well, I'm not mad. Cause guess what? I can always say if that were to happen, that's me. Right. And give me my coins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for a wonderful right. conversation. Cause you know, I can sit up here and yab all day, but uh, I, I know it's getting late <laughs> and you probably want to get a good meal in cause you've no, been, running. been running all day today. <laughs> and I just want to say thank you. Thank you again for being on the podcast. And I know there's some people out there say, wait a second, how he's going to end this show and don't play. When will I see you again? Don't, How are you going to do it? I'm not going to do it, y'all. I'm going to play it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Troy, so much. You are welcome. You are so welcome. And and thank you all for listening. And thank you all for um, tuning in for wherever you have. Thank you all for sharing it, please. And if you haven't shared it, please do. And uh, let other people know that there is good music out there. Let other people know that let's uplift our legends. Let's keep them in prayer. Let's keep them... Um, held high and if you're going to sample them pay them <laughs> absolutely give them their money y'all and once you'll be a legend and you'll want to sing right so yeah. once again 
Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Helen Scott, for coming on and, and gracing our podcast, my podcast. And for everybody out there, we are going to end this on, when will I see you again? When will I see you again, Ms. Scott? When will I see you again? <laughs> Good night, every, well, well, wherever you're listening, it might not be nighttime where you're at. So I'm going to just say, hey, continue to listen continue to have a good day Uh, let's continue to love each other let's continue to uplift each other let's continue to give out good positive vibes and let's continue to pray for each other because you know there's so much that's bringing us down there's so much that's trying to bring us down but we're not going to let it bring us down we're going to keep ourselves in a positive mode and uh and in a loving mode keep all the listeners i'll talk to you later okay Bye. This is when I'll see you again, y'all. Tony Wall. Hey, what's good, y'all? This is Darian Dean. Hey, everybody. This is the Queen of Philadelphia, Tangeray Hayward. Hey, everybody. This is Yazara. Hi, this is Mason. Hey, everybody. This is Russell Taylor. Hey, this is Shireen Crutchfield. And this is Ricky Jones. And we are Crutchfield Jones. Hey, this is Corey Day. Hey, this is your girl, Castella. What's up, y'all? This is St. James. And you're listening to my man, Troy Saunders, on the Bass Entertainment Podcast. Let's get it, baby.